All right, welcome to the podcast. And today we have guest with us. His name is, well, I call him Apostle Prophet Matt Helland, uh, but really is Matt Helland, and he is uh, has an awesome. Uh, him and his wife are missionaries, but they just they do missions all over the world. Really, uh, he has a website called prophesyandheal.com. So make sure you get yourself to that website to check Matt Matt out and what he's doing. Matt, just give our listeners today um, a little synopsis of what you do, what you're about, and everything like that. Sure. Um, there's a lot of things that we do. First of all, I am the proud father of four children and, a, and owner of a Romanian dog. And uh, me and my wife, we uh, pastor a Spanish-speaking church here in Amsterdam. And uh, that was that's the second church that we planted here in Amsterdam. The first one was a Dutch-speaking church. And this Spanish-speaking church is birthed out of our outreach to people that are in the sex industry. Uh, tonight, me and my wife will be hitting the streets from around nine till a uh, little before midnight, just visiting all the uh, Spanish-speaking sex workers in Amsterdam. So um, we we love to show the love and the power of God uh, to, to everywhere, but especially uh, me and my wife, we have a focus on reaching out to people in the sex industry. And then uh, aside from that, I've written a few books. Uh, prophesy, just do it. Power evangelism, just do it. Prophesy and heal the sick. How to grow in prophecy, words of knowledge. Power evangelism <laughs> and something else. But anyways, I, I love to train people in, uh, in in prophecy and the gifts of the spirit. I I, I I I love Jesus so much, and I love to use and share His love with His power. That is awesome. You said you've written a few books, and then you named about three three at least four so wow what an honor and privilege it is to be on this podcast with you matt um and as you said so matt you were saying that you uh, are have an outreach to the uh, sex workers sex industry in amsterdam what an amazing calling um how did you get to that point is that something that has always been on your heart or have you, has God just called you there and you're like, okay, let's do this. Tell us more about that. Well, it, it's funny. Um, when I was 13, uh, I was at the church, uh, ET and now called spirit life. And this evangelist came through and he started telling about how dark and simple and the drugs and the women scantily clad behind the windows in Amsterdam. And that you've got to really be tough to go to a place like that because someone from their mission team went there and he disappeared and they never saw him again. So you've got to be tough to go to places like that. And so my little 13 year old brain said to God, God, I will go to Africa. I will go to South America. God, I will go anywhere, but Lord, I never want to go to Amsterdam. And so I have now <laughs> he lived- He scared it for you, did he? <laughs> he, he just set it up for me. Oh, so, man. So, so now I've lived in Amsterdam for 15 years and it was about, it's been almost four years now that uh, I started weekly going to all those scantily clad win, win, windows, women where the windows, where the women are behind the windows. And uh, the first five minutes I was there, I wanted to throw up because it's disgusting. It's disgusting to see uh, people treated like a zoo behind windows and tourists. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting. But as soon as I started talking to the individuals there, 
Um, I just had an awesome connection and um, I don't see them as sex workers. I see them as dearly beloved children uh, of God, uh, dearly beloved mothers and grandmas and, and daughters and sisters. And uh, I, I think it's such a huge honor and privilege that my wife and I, we get to be pastors for, for, for sex workers. In fact, yesterday, uh, she works uh, two days a week as a, as a social worker. And uh, one of the people came and they came looking for the pastora, which is Spanish for pastor. So uh, we are known as the pastors, the pastor and the pastora. And what an awesome group of people that we get to serve. That's amazing. We, we had the opportunity, I believe it was last year this time, to hit the streets and evangelize and do some power evangelism and heal some, uh, I believe we ran into a group of young young men that needed some healing in their back and what an amazing thing. So Matt, what you guys do is so cool. Um, if you go to their church on a Sunday, you'll just see, oh man, it's a mixture of people. It looks exactly like heaven because it's, you know, it's all of God's creation just there broken before him. What an amazing sight. What an awesome story of God's redemption and how cool, you know, to say, hey, God, I'm never, you know, like have, what do you call that, your Jonah moment? And then he said, no, I'm sending you there. And that is really cool. You hit on the fact that it's not just you who are pastoring. Your wife is as much a part of this thing. Um, and so just for for those maybe ministers out there, pastors that are doing this with family, how do you, what, what do you, how do you keep uh, your entire family involved in the ministry? Well, I, um, how do I keep them involved? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> my daughter, who's 13, she is now the worship leader of our Spanish church, which is, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, but, but see, uh, us leaders, we can be pretty insecure people. And for many leaders, it's hard for uh, to give other people opportunities. And that's one of the things that I decided years ago is that I want to give my wife, I want to give my children, I want to give people around me an opportunity to do things. And it doesn't matter if they fail at doing them. I give people an opportunity, believe in people, um, because, and, and this kind of hits on the subject of, of prophecy. Uh, we see, for example, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, that when God raised up uh, uh, Samuel as a prophet, he didn't just raise up one prophet, but we see in 1 Samuel 10 and 19 that he raised up companies or families of prophets. And so um, that's our job as well, is that we don't just do the ministry ourselves, we equip other people. And all of my children can prophesy. All of my children can pray for the sick. All of my children, all my family, they can do all the stuff that I do because I teach them that everybody can do it because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that everyone who believes in Jesus can put their hands on the sick and they can recover. Everybody who believes in Jesus can hear the voice of God. So um, my children, I'm, I'm very thankful for them. And I mean, my, my eight-year-old, he, he just got baptized a few months ago. And since then, he started telling me messages from Jesus. And not every time he tells me messages from Jesus, it necessarily a message from Jesus, but sometimes he says things and I'm like, whoa, that was definitely from Jesus. And one day he looked at me and said, well, daddy, I was baptized. So yeah, now I can give messages from Jesus. And I'm like, 
you go, boy, you go. Well, that's true uh, faith, faith like child, uh, childlike faith there. Um, that's awesome because that brings up another point is uh, a lot of people more so in the ministry or church uh, when they hear the word prophet they get a little bit squirmy and uh, then others who haven't heard that they're like I can't prophesy you know that's that's way beyond me so what, what would you say to that well I when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit I like to say everybody gets to play Maybe not everybody's a prophet, but everybody can learn to hear the voice of God because hearing the voice of God is something normal, natural. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. And so everybody, everybody should be trained and learned how to, how to hear the voice of God and how to feed themselves, that you're not dependent on a pastor for your spiritual food, but that you learn how to read the Bible every day, journal, pray, spend time with God. And, um, you know, if we spend more time, you know, with God than watching the news, then then our hearts change. But, but let, let me get back to the whole concept of prophecy. The problem with prophecy is that uh, people don't understand what it is. And many times people think that prophecy is telling the future, foretelling. And that happens sometimes, but prophecy is more like forth telling, which is kind of like preaching. You begin to speak the truth of God over people. And um, l- let me ask you this question. Um, you spend a lot of time with your wife, kids, right? So you spend a lot of time with them. So yeah, normal that you can tell me what your wife does, what she cooks, what she thinks, and how your kids behave, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you can share to other people about your wife. You, you, can you tell me about the first moment you saw your wife? Tell me about that. Uh, it was amazing. It was what great. Did, what did you think when you saw your wife? I thought, man, this, uh, this person could be like my best friend for the rest of my life. And yeah, we could, we could just change the world together. That's exactly what I thought. See, the, there were there were prophetic thoughts already in your heart, huh? And um, see, that's you, you're you're testifying about your wife that you spent time with your wife, that you saw her, and something touched your heart. Well, according to Revelation 19:10, um, it says, "Worship God, for the 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 spirit of prophecy or the heart of te- prophecy is testifying or telling about Jesus. It's spending time with Jesus and then sharing." the thoughts, the experiences, the things that Jesus is telling me. You see, prophecy is a normal part of prayer. We talk to God, he's gonna talk to us. So it's normal that you and I can can share with others what God is saying, what God is thinking about them because we spend time with him. And it's it's really practical. I mean, I was at a wedding party recently or, or a, a party and there was two people at my table and they were not Christians. And I looked at it and I said, you know, I can tell you all about your life. And they're like, what? R- really? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pastor and I spend a, time, time, a lot of time with God. And you know, Jesus tells me things about you. Really? Really? And I said, don't worry. It's, it's all going to be good. So I pulled out the phone. I'm not a fortune teller. <laughs> and I'm not a fortune teller, but pull it out. And I just started telling them about their life and their relationship and their work. And I started telling them all these things and their eyes were huge and their jaws were dropping. And they're like, how can you, you know, you know, and, 
And so I, I was able to then start telling them about the gospel and start telling them about Jesus. And this is actually very scriptural because in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that when everybody in the church is, is prophesying, not just certain individuals, but when everybody's in the church is prophesying, then an unbeliever can come from the street, you will tell them the secrets of their heart and they will fall on their knees and say, God is truly among you. We need to show people that God is among us because God is a God who loves to share his secrets with us. In fact, in, in one, one prophet says the following thing. He says, I believe it's Amos chapter three, verse seven. He says, God does nothing. God does nothing without telling his secrets or his plans to his servants, the prophets. And, and a prophet is not a man with a long beard and big eyes and a big stick that runs around living in King and saying, repent. They're not talking about a beard because you have a beard. But uh, no, a prophet is a friend of God. And, and what does a prophet do? In Ezekiel uh, chapter 13, verse 5, it speaks about three things that false prophets don't do that real prophets do do. And these are the three things they do. The first thing is they stand in the gap. A true prophet is an intercessor. Not every intercessor is a prophet, but all prophets are intercessors. They pray for their families. They pray for their cities. They pray for their church. They pray for people. They love, they spend time with God. And that's why it's normal that God speaks to them. But then the second thing it says, you have not built up the walls. The second thing that prophets do is that they have a ministry of edification, of building. They create walls, they create community. They create a safe place so that people can come find healing and not only find healing, but then they can equip people because then it goes on, it says, you have not built walls so that people could fight. And it speaks about battle. Prophetic words, prophetic ministry, not only builds us up, but it gives us uh, the ability to fight the good faith, fight, fight of faith. As it says in 1 Timothy 1.18, when Paul tells Timothy, remember the prophetic word that I gave you so that you can fight the good fight. I am not interested in having a Christian faith that has no power. The kingdom of God is not just about ideas, it's about power. And, and here I, you're getting me a little worked up here, but I'm tired of Christianity without power. I'm tired about Christianity that's three points in a poem and then you get to do it again the next week. I wanna connect into the same kind of power that the Bible says that we have, where it says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that you and I can connect to that people that have been in years in prostitution, years as drug, uh, drug addicts or drug dealers are now following Jesus. Why? Not because they heard my great three poems and the points in a poem. No, because God spoke to them. God set them free. And so I am passionate about prophecy, not because I'm passionate about prophecy. I'm passionate about Jesus. And I want his power to be able to change lives. That's what it's all about. That's really good. So how, if, if someone or, or a ministry or things like that, if they are not there yet, but they, they have this desire, they have this longing for that to happen, um, not only in their own lives, but they find themselves, man, I want to, I want to be able to prophesy because Matt's saying, you know, everything in this word is, is agreeing everything I'm looking at in the Bible is saying that right what are some things that you do or can do um, that helps to encourage this and empower those people 
in your church or your surrounding or halfway across the world to do this? Well, it's, it's really cool that you're saying this. You're, you're setting me up and I really appreciate it. Uh, but not only would I encourage you to read the Bible, uh, also read my books, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, but also, I'm in the process right now of developing uh, Ruach, I'm calling it Ruach, name for the Holy Spirit, School of Prophecy. And the level one is where I have five hours of teaching and five hours of activating people so that they can begin to uh, prophesy. Then level two, which I'm, I'm developing right now, which I'm gonna walk your church through, will be a, a school of power evangelism, understanding the gospel, understanding what the gospel is, uh, but also how to cast out demons, how to uh, heal the sick, how to get words of knowledge, you know, how to do this stuff that Jesus told us that we can do. So uh, definitely check out my, my, my website, prophesyandheal.com. Now, prophesy is with an S and not a C. Um, but you're, you're talking about really what, what our goal is here. Uh, the Bible speaks about in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, that there's apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. Uh, these five-fold ministries do exist in order to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, we need these different ministries. And unfortunately, the prophetic ministry and the apostolic ministry, which is actually all about being a missionary, uh, a pioneer, they're not very well understood. And so I'm really thankful that God is giving me a platform to be able to biblically teach these, biblically activate things and get these going. Not so people look at me and say, look at that dude. No, so people can say, look at Jesus. Look at the lives that are being saved. And 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 let's, let's make things real practical because I like to make things practical. What is prophecy in the New Testament context? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. That whoever prophesies does three things. And so if you want to prophesy, you've got to do these three things. You've got to strengthen, you've got to encourage, you've got to comfort people. Give them Bible verses, Bible stories, give them encourage, strengthen, encourage, and comfort. But the prophetic ministry at its most basic level is simply strengthening encouraging and comforting people first corinthians 14 3. so sounds like it's as easy as just encouraging someone with what god has already said of them you know and how easy that is if we if we have jesus in our heart right we're spending time with him you know, as I, as I know my wife, I know Jesus even more personally than that. Then it's just so easy as in just allowing that encouragement to flow. And when you're encouraging someone, guess what? You're prophesying. You just didn't know it because <laughs> we don't, we somehow that, that word got uh, taken out of the Christianese dictionary, you know, um, but that's also interesting because you brought up Ephesians 4.11. And Ephesians 4.11 has the fivefold um, ministry, prophet, evangelist, apostle, pastor, teacher, all that stuff. My question for you is what is, what is the difference between the office of prophet and then uh, functioning in prophecy? Is there a difference? Isn't there a difference? Yes, there, there's a huge difference. But before I, I, I tell the, what the difference is, uh, I just want to describe to all your listeners uh, Lemuel. Lemuel is a big teddy bear. <laughs> and he loves people. 
And he has a huge childlike faith. He does. And he used to be a big fat teddy bear, but he's losing weight now. So now his belly's going down. But if you hey, see hey, him, encourage, encourage. I'm encouraging you. It's it's going <laughs> down. So if you see him, you just want to squeeze him because he's he is such a sweet guy. And in no way am I saying he's not a man. He truly is a man because uh, men uh, can be tender, and he's a tender man. And he loves people, and he loves his kids, and he loves his wife. And when I look at him. I really see Jesus, and and when I look at him, he doesn't make things complicated. He's like, let's let's just love people. Let's let's just go do it. And and also when I when I look at you, I also think of the of the words that Jesus said that to enter the kingdom of heaven, you got to be like a child. And that is the the heart of this is that it's all about being like a child. If if God says it, let's do it. You know, He says let's heal the sick. Well, let's go pray for the sick. Maybe no one will get healed, but it doesn't matter. We're going to go do it, you know, and, and, and you just go do stuff. And, and so let me yeah. know, I, I want to give you a compliment um, that when I look at you, I just, I really see Papa God's heart. I see this big teddy bear, this man who just has a huge, uh, safe place of love. And so just want to go on that rabbit trail and, 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 and make me cry on this podcast, dude. There you go. That, yeah, that was my goal. Can I make this guy cry? Um, so uh, anyways, back to your question. Um, before I go to your question, you are an example of what it means to be uh, an apostle and a prophet. And why do I say that? Because Paul says in Galatians um, that he cares so much for his people that it's like he's a mother having um, contractions until Christ has formed in them. And, um, and you know, when we love people the way that God loves us, we get to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers for other people. And that's my goal, uh, whether you call me pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever, my goal is that Jesus be formed in people. And my goal is that my words will, I mean, every week when I go to the red light district, you know what I tell those women? I don't tell them you're a sinner. I tell them God loves you. And I declare the things that God has said over them. I have a hope and a future for you. And I declare the things that you know no one else maybe has said. But when I started, not many people wanted to talk to me. But now everybody wants to talk to me. Because uh, what am I doing? I'm bringing words of refreshment of life. There's, I remember one woman, first time I went there, she thought I was a potential client. So she let me in, you know, thinking, you know. And I looked at her and I said, I want to tell you what God wants to tell you. She said, huh? I'm, I'm Pastor Mateo. And I started telling her like exactly what she was asking God about that morning. And she had back pain and I prayed for her and back pain disappeared. And then a woman in the room had had a dream and she asked me for the interpretation of her dream. I give her interpretation of her dream. She bust out crying. She runs upstairs, put her clothes on and disappears. She never comes back to work there again in prostitution. And, and, and to this day, that woman, and I can tell many more stories, but, but these women um, look forward to me coming to visit them. I mean, one woman sent me a message like, where are you? I'm missing God's word. I want to have God's word. And, and, and so I, I want to I come back to what prophecy and evangelism, because evangelism is also, people think that you've got to be in a big thing and yell people and tell people to repent. Evangelism is getting people to have good news. 
good news that they are not what they have or they do or what people think of them, but that their identity can be based on something greater. And that's the love of God. Yeah. You know, we so many women cried when Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, uh, was in the cold waters of the Titanic and, and, you know, Kate Winslet, you know, let him die. And then she's an old lady with drop the diamond in the water. No, that was true love. Man, <laughs> none of that's real. But the, the, the love that Jesus has is, for us is so real. Right. It's so awesome. Now, let me get back to your question. <laughs> Ministry of a prophet. Um, a prophet is someone who regularly has many of the gifts of the Spirit flowing in their lives. So like for me, I, I prophesy, I get words of knowledge, I operate in healing quite a bit, uh, I speak in tongues, I interpret tongues. So in one level or another, the nine gifts of the spirits uh, pop up in my life. I get discernment of spirits, it's pretty common. I, I, I see my first gifting as an apostle, as a missionary, uh, but I do operate as a prophet. And prophets will, um, will operate, see, where everybody should be able to prophesy from is the basic level, is the spirit of prophecy. And what's at the spirit of prophecy? That means that you can strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. And that when there's like this awesome worship music going on, everybody can prophesy, or you got somebody like me, or like you, Lemel, so let's prophesy, everybody can prophesy. So at that level, nobody should be prophesying about babies, about, uh, about weddings, about deaths, about you know sicknesses uh, disappearing. No, at that level, you just strengthen, encourage, and comfort. But as you as you begin to be activated at the level, then you go to a second level, which is the gift of prophecy. And this does not make you a prophet, but it means that mm. you can prophesy at the supermarket, you can prophesy anywhere at any time because there's a gift that God's put inside of you. And how do we prophesy? According to Romans twelve six, it says whoever has the gift of prophecy use it according to their faith, their level of faith. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. don't have to wait for like special music or an angel to sit on our head before we can prophesy. No, by faith, we open our mouth and God gives us words. Mm -hmm. And then the third level, which you just mentioned, you asked me to explain, there are people that are prophets. And these people uh, quite often uh, can prophesy about babies being born, uh, about things happening. And there's a higher level of authority and and I, I remember my brother we find churches in the united states and he'd yeah. bring a prophet with him and he would bring breakthrough there's churches things would happen so god has used and continues to this day to use prophets uh in ministry and we need uh these individuals to step up but what do prophets do they yeah. equip other people to prophesy right other people to prophesy so pastors get other people to pastor, evangelists, other people to share the gospel. So prophets, they also train other people to hear the voice of God and, and also to prophesy. What a dynamic team, you know, if just thinking in ministry, any church where you can, where you can identify these gifts and people, these five gifts in, in your people and raise them up and try and equip that and then let them equip others, you know, to do the work of the ministry. What what a dynamic uh, ministry or local church or whatever you wanna call it. What would that look like? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? And Definitely. this is this is really what you, you know, what you're about. Um, thank, thank God for COVID. 
the big C word because that's really that's really allowed you to go across the world with this thing and uh, um, I know you've done some training with us here as well in level one hope to do level two real soon and some more things with you Matt so that is awesome uh, Matt just for the listeners sake and anything like that how would they get in contact or equipping their church with this what would they do well, that's cool what you're saying, um, because if you go to my website, prophesyandheal.com, um, you'll you'll see a free mini course that I have on there uh, that you can take. Um, and then there's a description of courses that, are, that I have uh, or that I will be developing. Um, but the cool thing, what, what Lemuel was just saying, was that I, I have people trained in Australia, California, Oklahoma, Virginia, uh, Mexico, uh, Argentina. I've got people trained all over the United States and all over the world. Uh, and that through, uh, through online, we can train you, uh, we can equip you. So you don't have to wait for, for me or Lemmy or anybody to come to your city. We can now do, do trainings uh, all around the world. And what's cool is, is I've got not only books, but I've got all the videos that people can access online. And then we've got the personal training that we're having these teams because our, our, our goal is to train trainers that can train trainers. And, and this is happening in Chile. In Chile, and within two months, we've trained over 150 people and I've trained 24 trainers who can all prophesy and activate other people. And this is spreading throughout uh, Chile, Argentina, Bolivia, Mexico. Uh, and I really, really hope that we can continue to do this and, and have churches and, and believers trained throughout all of Europe, all of the United States and, and all over the world um, to be able to have a living, a two-way dynamic relationship with God and to be able to show, you know, bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Wow, that that is awesome. Um, I think our time is up, but Matt, thank you so much for being with us today on this podcast and hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you also for what you and your wife and your whole entire family do there in Amsterdam and really all over the world. Uh, we really appreciate it. So thanks, Matt. Thank you very much. All right.